welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. As we move into a very different final Friday night of the high school football season. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. The timeline's going to be different. The process is going to be different. There's a lot, obviously, that's going to be very different about what Friday night is going to look like. We'll break it all down. I'm going to get into it and and provide some more context and information around the article that was published on on WSN yesterday, kind of outlining uh, outlining the the release uh, playoff release schedule, what it's going to look like, how it's going to work, what criteria is going to be involved, and also of significant note, teams that have opted out of the playoffs and what the projected divisional placement will be for teams. Because essentially, as, as you probably saw, we're going to have all play for uh, at least for 11-player football. Everybody that is eligible, able, and opted in will get in. And in fact, there'll be a couple open spots because there's not enough teams to fill a field of 224. So we'll break that down in just a minute. Uh, before we do, though, I have to, to uh, spend a couple minutes giving some props to all the other sports that have been going on this fall. And we don't cover them a ton, certainly not at the level of football. Uh, you can find uh, you know some information on soccer and volleyball on our site uh, pretty regularly uh, with some of the league management type stuff and the scores and standings. Uh, the coaches' polls, when those are announced, uh, you know they're featured in our Athlete of the Week. But we don't, uh, as of right now, uh, you know get get way into the coverage on uh, on those sports. It's something we'd we'd love to review and, and we look at it frequently to figure out if and how it can be done. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep working on it. But uh, a big credit to all of those other sports that as of right now, pending the completion of the boys soccer state tournament and the girls volleyball state tournament this weekend, all of the other high school fall sports will complete their fall state tournament series and their, uh, their, their championships, which I don't know that, that everyone thought was going to happen. Let's be honest. It was a, a, a dicey proposition. It was hit and go. It was uh, hit and miss um, on, on exactly how it would work and if it would work. We didn't know if, if we would get to a finish line in all of these sports. Um, but here we are. The Again, the Boys Soccer State Tournament is set for this weekend. Uh, interesting matchups there. You've, you've got you know, a heavyweight at Mar- in Marquette. In uh, Division One, they are a 14-time WIAA state champion, even though they've only been in the association since 2000. Uh, the The field was reduced this year. They're only doing three tournament uh, or three divisions, excuse me. Last year they had uh, they had done four, but with fewer schools opting out, uh, or excuse me, with fewer schools opting into the fall season and some of them opting out to the spring season, they reduced that uh, that number down to three champions this fall. And just like we saw in a number of the other sports, all those championships will be one-day events at separate locations. So that means the Division I championships will be, uh, where are the Division I championships? Uh, McGuanagoe High School, excuse me. Division two will be at uh, Marshfield High School. Division three 
at Kewaskum High School. So the schedule will go the first semifinal game at 11 a.m., second semifinal game at 2 p.m. The winners of those matchups coming back for the championship at 7. Uh, I know there's been some questions about why that that schedule, that process was instituted for uh, for some of these fall sports, and it's you know it's pretty simple, uh, trying to limit the exposure between groups from different areas of the state. Um, you know, there's uh, you're trying not to get 12, 20 teams together in one location for an extended time period, and especially with limited fans. You don't have the need for larger facilities. You can do them at a smaller facility at a high school, for instance, as these uh, are being done. And uh, by keeping it one day, you know, again, it, it limits the exposure time and it also reduces the uh, the costs associated with running the tournament. Because let's be honest, the WI is in a very difficult position financially, taking a huge hit by the the cancellation of the uh, the winter sport tournaments last year. Even though they they do not uh, turn a profit on many or or any, I, I can't remember if if they do. It's very small on the the spring sport championships. You know the the fall sport championships. A couple of these they they do okay on, uh, and and they're in a, a difficult spot financially. That you know you you've got to start to factor that in for the uh, for the long term health of the uh, of the association and of the 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 groups and the the teams. So uh, a little bit different process. All, everything's a one-day event for boys' soccer. On the girls' volleyball side, again, all the, the uh, championships are a one-day tournament. Division I at Wisconsin Rapids, D2 at Kaukona, Division Three at Wausau West, and Division Four at Little Shoot. 1 p.m. is the first semifinal. 4 p.m. is the second semifinal. 7.30, roughly, the, uh, the first championship. Uh, excuse me, the, the championship uh, for each one of those divisions. So again, it's a one-day tournament, all teams in one location in a division. And of note, uh, probably saw a pretty interesting, significant move where Edgewood had to withdraw from their Division II semifinal. They were the two seed in D2. They had to withdraw, which meant that the most recently defeated team, in this case, Platteville, actually does move in and, and take that spot in uh, in Division Two at the state tournament. So uh, some news that came out earlier this week. Um, by the way, all of these games, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, are going to be streamed online on the WIAA.TV portal through the NFHS network. Um, in the past, uh, championship games at least in volleyball and I think in soccer, had been dis- had been shown uh, either live or at least on a tape delay basis on uh, FS Wisconsin, but that's not going to happen this year. So everything's going to be streamed online through the NFHS network. It's going to cost you a, a one month subscription to sign up for that and and watch the games. But at ten ninety nine for for one month to be able to see your favorite team or to watch the state tournaments, you know what? It's it's a pretty decent value. Uh, so that will be uh, available for those state tournaments. Which gets us to football. And, and as mentioned, this week is, is very different. It, it, it's looking and feeling very different. I mean, normally, this would be, what, the state quarterfinals, level uh, level three week. Um, and instead, we're wrapping up the regular season. Uh, it, it feels like, what, mid-September? 
out there. Man, was it, it beautiful yesterday and today, approaching 70 degrees. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of weather we'll take at this time of the year as we wrap up our outdoor sports seasons and especially football. You know, there's many times that I've gone to games in, in level three and been fully bundled up in wearing boots and stocking caps and, and gloves and everything else. And uh, we'll we'll see what it is this Friday, but it might just be, uh, you know, a, a sweatshirt or, um, you know, soft shell, something like that. So we'll take it. Normally this week, I would have been working on a uh, playoff, uh, pre- playoff scenarios preview, breaking down every single team in the state, what their uh, situation was for the playoffs, whether they were in already, whether they were out, whether they still had some work to do, you know, what, what a win or a loss in week nine, the, the regular season finale, what that would have meant to their playoff chances. The last couple of weeks, we would have been doing our playoff um, uh, information to, to show who would have been in the playoffs already, who would have clinched, who would have been uh, in, who would have been, you know, one game away from doing those things. And we also would have been doing projections where we would have picked winners and losers of every game remaining on the schedule to uh, to put together what we thought the playoff field was going to look like, excuse me, heading into week eight and then heading into week nine. And of course, that Friday night, the last Friday night of the regular season would have been a, uh, a wild and crazy affair. I would have been uh, maybe taking in a local game for a short time before heading back to uh, to my office, my home office, to begin to work on all the projections. We, we'd have to get the, the final scores in first. That'd be the, the most important thing. And then from there, putting together a, uh, a playoff field that was unofficial. Uh, every year until last year, we had got it right and got it out before the WIAA. A couple years ago, we, uh, we had noticed an anomaly in what the WIAA released compared to what we had. And Turned out that we uh, we had it correct, and, and they updated their information. Last year, unfortunately, due to a data entry error, we had um, we were off. Now the WIA was off as well, so you know it was a, a little bit of a push, but nothing like that this year. There's not going to be that mad scramble. There's not going to be you know that that anticipation, that wondering, that waiting of did I did this team do enough to get in? Are they going to be one of the <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sub-500 teams that gets in, or are they going to be one of the few that's left at home? Because with the teams that have opted out of the fall season uh, altogether and moved to the spring, and then teams that have opted out of the playoffs, as of right now, there are only 220 teams that are opting in to the WIAA playoffs, and they are still planning on filling the... uh, the third, or excuse me, the 224 playoff spots. So obviously there's more spots than there are teams available. So there's going to be somewhere, somehow, an opening uh, in, in the brackets. We don't know for sure if they're going to, uh, you know, if it stays at 220, it's pretty easy. You can take out one pot of four in a division and you don't have to, remove one team from a couple divisions and have a bye, if it stays in, in a group of four, uh, again, you can you can do that a little easier. Uh, so the no, no criteria that we have to go through, no um, you know math and no you know 
down 10 down the line tiebreakers where you get into combined conference winning percentage of defeated conference opponents, uh, record versus a playoff field, all those fun tiebreakers that we have had to figure out over the years because, again, just not enough teams to, to fill those 224 spots. But if you look at the teams that have opted out, the teams that played in the fall but are opting out of the WIAA postseason, some interesting names on that list, Abbotsford, Berlin, Chippewa Falls, Ithaca, New Berlin Eisenhower has had a lot of success in the playoffs in recent seasons. Owen Withy, a, a state champion, well, I guess it's been a few years ago now, but uh, Platteville, Pecatonica Argyle, River Falls, Wilmot, West Salem Whitehall, you know, some, some teams that have had some pretty decent success over the years. And some of these are, are certainly due to COVID-related uh, COVID issues. You know, some of them would not have been able to play. Uh, either they, you know, some of them had games canceled last week or the last last couple weeks and uh, just weren't in a position where they thought they could play. Some of them have just decided to be done. Uh, I know there's a couple in there that, that are like that. They, they could play, but they just made the decision that, you know what, we're, we're good. We got our seven games in, our, our seven-game regular season, and uh, we're just going to leave it at that. There are a couple of those teams that, that are still looking to pick up games. They opted out of the WIAA option, but they still can play in either of those two weeks, level one or level two week, and they're looking for that opportunity. You know Exactly why they opted out, I'm not 100% sure. It might have been they would not have been able to travel the, you know, the, the, the potential distances that it would require to be involved in that playoff structure and they have to do something more locally uh, because of a decision from their school board or their, their department of health or something like that. Uh, might have been that they, you know, they, they couldn't commit to doing two weeks or didn't want to commit to doing two weeks in, in the event that they won the first, uh, first game and just wanted to do one more game. I, I don't know exactly, but I, I do know that there are, you know, a couple of those teams that are likely to, to play some games during those, uh, those weeks. So again, uh, usually we would be figuring out 224 teams using a whole bunch of criteria. The rest of the process after that, now that we don't have to uh, determine the actual playoff field, it, it'll be pretty simple because they're still going to break whatever is left of, of teams, whether it's 220 or, or fewer, into seven divisions. Again, we're not exactly sure if it's going to be you know, six divisions of 32 and one division of 28 or, or what it might end up as. It'll, de you know, it, it'll uh, depend a little bit on if there's any more opt-outs. Um, but they'll be broken into seven divisions of normally 32 teams in each. And then each division will be further broken down into eight-team regional groupings. There will be four eight-team groupings in each division. Now, this is where some of the subjectivity comes into play and some of the controversy and debate comes into play from a lot of people over the, over the years um, of, you know, why did I have to go to this group? Why do I have to travel across this far? Why do I, you know, this group's really strong and this group's not? And, and all the other complaints that, that we see... Um, it, you know, it, it's not as big of a deal this year because there's no full bracketed tournament. There's no state tournament. There's no state finals. There's no state championship at the end of the uh, at the end of the rainbow. So 
hopefully there's not as many, you know, complaints of that. And also, I mean, let's be honest, every week that that a team plays is a uh, is a gift and and can't be overlooked or you know taken for granted. So, you know, if you if you get seated in a tough grouping, so what? You're still playing football, uh, while some teams are not and, and would love the opportunity. So, uh, so that will be part of the process. And then they're going to run the auto seating that is in place for the first time this year. A computer seated process, a formula, taking into account a number of factors that will go through and place uh, a one through eight designation on each team in each uh, regional grouping. And they have not announced the exact percentages and how all of these different things are determined within the formula. Full disclosure, I know those things because I was involved in, in helping develop that through the WFCA in partnership with the WIAA. But uh, some things that go into the automated or electronic seating include a team's winning percentage, their opponent's winning percentage, their opponent's opponent's winning percentage. Those three things are the basis uh, of the more simple RPI formula. But uh, the, the WI's uh, uh, procedures also take into account defeated opponent's winning percentage, defeated opponent's opponent's winning percentage, historical conference playoff win percentage, historical team playoff winning percentage. What those are trying to do is essentially assign some kind of value or factor for, uh, you know, how tough of a conference do you come from? If, uh, you know, not, not all conferences are created equally. Not all conferences have the same, um, you know, competitive level. So there, that's a, 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 an, a try to account for that. There's also a strength of loss game value. Not all losses are created equally. A two-point loss to the top-ranked team is very different than a blowout loss to a uh, you know a, a three and three team. So that is a a chance to try to account for you know some kind of uh, uh, thing there with uh, you know strength of schedule essentially. So those are the things that go into it, <clears throat> and those those seating processes will be applied one through eight to the teams in a regional grouping. From there, they will further break those teams down within each eight-team group to a pod of four. Ideally, what they will try to do is set it up so that the top four seeds go into a group of four and the bottom four seeds go into a group of four. Now, they did give themselves some wiggle room in the event that there is uh, you know, really... Uh, substantial travel involved or a really obvious opportunity to, to switch a team and, and make a, either a better matchup, a closer matchup, something like that, uh, because they have said that they will be broken down into two four-team pods regionally and competitively when possible. So again, in an ideal situation, you'd have the top four seeds in a group, a, a mini four-team tournament, and the bottom four seeds in a mini four-team tournament. So it'd be one versus four, two versus three in the top, five versus eight, six versus seven in the bottom. That's ideally. But again, they gave themselves some, some wiggle room. So let's say, you know, there's four teams, the top four seeds, and number four is two hours away from anybody else. Meanwhile, number five is right up there in that same region as all those other teams. Perhaps you give yourself the, the wiggle room to switch that four and five and create, uh, you know, 
you're, you're still playing football. You're, you're still having an opportunity to play, but it creates a, a more equitable travel situation because let's be honest, uh, you know, there's a lot of schools that are not really excited about traveling really far for playoffs right now. I know some of them did it obviously for soccer and volleyball and whatever else, but uh, when you start talking about you know pretty long travel and, and travel to areas where perhaps there's more of a you know a hot spot for COVID or whatever, you know it gets a little dicey. And there's some schools and some health departments that are are really watching that. And you know if you get a situation where Team X is supposed to travel to uh, you know Milwaukee area and it's a three hour drive school might say, or, or the health department might say, nope, you're, you're not going down there and, you know, bringing, uh, you know, increased exposure or whatever else. So this is, this is an attempt by the WIAA to account for that. And again, when you're not having a, uh, a, a true bracketed tournament that you're going to continue to advance on a tournament bracket, it, it's not a huge deal if you're the four or the five, or if, if things get moved a little bit to create, you know, more localized, uh, groupings. So, you know, it, it just depends on how how much they emphasize that. So we'll get those uh, eight team groupings further broken down into two team pods, and then the matchups will be created from there. Uh, the timeline that the WIA is anticipating, idea, initially, if there would have been more than 224 teams in, they would they said that they would have had the playoff field out around midnight, uh, which would have been the the field and then the divisional placements. However, since that is going to be known well in advance, I, I would anticipate they would have that done a lot sooner. And then, uh, you know, the, the things that, that come into play would be the eight-team groupings, which does take a while. Even though the, the field is going to be determined earlier, the eight-team groupings do take a little while to put together. Um, and... They will uh, then also run the auto seating program. So they, they said the auto seating program will run at 12.30 a.m. And they anticipate releasing the eight team groupings and the brackets and, and all the matchups uh, by about 1.30 a.m. And then they did say the brackets released on Saturday. And I, I don't know for sure what that means because everything would have been done uh, already with the groupings and the, uh, and the brackets. So... A little bit of a staggered approach, just like they always have done. And uh, then we'll get going from there. There will not be seed meetings, obviously, when you go to a, a electronic or automated seeding. So there's no, uh, you know, coaches don't have to travel on Saturday, and they love that. And then uh, the other part of it is, uh, you know, it, it used to be you had to trade uh, trade video, and you still do. But obviously, you're you're not trading a, a VHS cassette anymore. You're not trading a DVD anymore. Nobody has done that for a long time. All the, the game film exchanges had been done in huddle and they will continue to do so uh, once you know the matchup. So uh, they'll have to, coaches will have to share their last two game films uh, as part of that, at least their last two. Uh, my, my thing is everybody should share everything. But and I know there's a lot of coaches that that would like to see that and, and increase the transparency and make everybody's job easier. Uh, but there's still some coaches out there that like to mess around and, and play the game. And, you know, I've heard stories of, of instances where teams film their last two games with two different cameras, the regular high quality 
end zone camera, and then they'll film it from the sideline press box uh, with an older, lower quality camera um, that is much harder to, to utilize and, and get anything out of for opponents, and, and that's what they'll send. Uh, I've, I've heard instances of coaches cutting out plays from certain games before they send it. I've heard instances of just all kinds of manipulation, and it's unfortunate and uh, you know the WFCA has tried to push for uniformity, for transparency, for uh, you know being being an ethical, moral, stand-up person when it comes to those things. And, and hopefully there'll be some things down the road that will increase that. Um, you know, not everybody's going out there trying to to play games uh, as far as that goes, but it, it does happen here and there. So that film exchange will be done on uh, on Saturday, and then schools can get to preparing. And then we can get to waiting around to see what games are actually going to happen <laughs> and, and start talking about the games too. And it's going to be really interesting to see just how, uh, you know, how they go about grouping these teams and, and what matchups could come out of that and, you know, how, how aggressive they are, for lack of a better term, of putting teams together, you know, top teams together. If you look at Division One, for instance, would would you put together Franklin and Muskego, and uh, maybe a Marquette, and Menominee Falls, or maybe throw Arrowhead in there, or, or whoever else? Like, would would you put all those teams in together in one grouping? I would love it. I think a lot of people would love it. I think there's coaches that would love it, but I think there's also coaches that would say, "Well, that's too hard. I don't want to have to play that." that team and why do I get this team and the other teams get, you know, to play a weaker team then who cares? It's, it's a weird year. There's no state title on the line. If you play a good team and you lose, so be it. You got a great game in, you got a chance to challenge yourself. I hope everybody embraces that idea. If that's the route that the WIAA goes in terms of uh, putting together some really, really interesting, outstanding, compelling matchups. Uh, I think it would be good for everybody. You know, we're we're not saying this is a state championship bracket by any means, but if you can put, you know, four really really outstanding teams together and let them play, great. If that means that another grouping is not as strong, so be it. That doesn't mean that you're going to sacrifice travel and and do all this other stuff. But if it's pretty easy to do, which especially in the bigger divisions and in Division One and in the Milwaukee area, it is easy to do. Let's do it. You know, there's no big eight schools. There's no Madison area schools. There's very few Fox Valley schools. So there's not a lot of big schools in these playoffs. And most of them are grouped pretty close together, especially in Division I. You know, the only schools really outside of the, the Milwaukee Southeast metro area, you're looking at Everest, Hudson, Wausau West. Um, who else would we have? I mean, Watertown's not very far away, so it's not a huge deal. Marshfield, Kaukauna, uh, Hortonville. But, I mean, everybody else is Milwaukee area of some kind, even the North Shore schools, even the Cedarburgs and Homesteads and, you know, those schools are, you know, it's not a not a huge deal if, if you go play uh, Waukesha or something like that. So we'll see. Uh, but it, it, it is going to be fun to see what kind of matchups can come out of this. It's It's... You know, I, I hope in those top four groupings in that that top pod in each region, you know, I hope we get some good matchups. I hope we get some matchups that would have been, 
you know, the, the things that we might have seen in level two or even level three in the past. You know, I, I hope that we don't end up with a lot of blowouts with everybody getting in, with a lot of teams going out. I mean, a, a four seed this year is, is going to be different than a four seed in years past. You know, a four seed in years past, you're talking a team that was probably seven and two, six and three, maybe even eight and one, depending on the grouping. Um, whereas now you might be looking at four seeds that are three and three, four and three, you know, would have been five and four, something like that. Uh, just because you're, you're drawing from a, a, a different group this year than you would have in the past. But I hope we do get some good matchups. I, ho- I do hope we get some compelling matchups. I, you know, I hope that there is an attempt to put together some, some interest, some things that would draw a lot of people's attention, like Franklin and Muskego. That's a matchup. Excuse me, a matchup everybody's would love to see. We've seen it in the playoffs in the past, and you know, let's figure out a way to make it work again. And, and there's some other matchups like that in other divisions that uh, you know would be would be great theater. Whether it's uh, you know a, a Lake Country Lutheran versus a Lakeside Lutheran, um, you know something like that, or you know just just some some really interesting games that we could potentially get out of uh, out of these uh, these matchups when there's a little bit more flexibility. You don't have to. I, I don't think they're going to split up, you know, conference champions and try to uh, split them up necessarily. So. You know, if we end up with a couple of conference champions together in a grouping, that, that would be awesome. Uh, I'd rather see, you know, four top 10 teams in one grouping and no top 10 teams in another grouping than, than see it split up and, and you end up with non-competitive games. So we'll see where it goes, though. That's where, again, this, the subjectivity comes into play of how do you split up those groupings. And again, then we have to wait to see what games actually get played. Some of the teams that would have had problems playing this week are among the teams that have opted out. You know, so so that is somewhat off the table, but based on every other week this season, and especially last week when we had the most canceled games of any week, you're looking at uh, 35-ish, 30 to 40 anyway, games that are, are that normally would have been impacted. Now, if you take out you know, these, these teams that are, are voluntarily withdrawing, again, it, it might lower that number a little bit, but I, I still anticipate we'll have around at least 20 in level one that will be impacted. And, you know, we're not 100% sure how that's going to work or play out. If, uh, if there's, you know, if, if two teams lose a game and they're in different pods or different brackets, but, you know, they still potentially makes sense somewhat to play can you can you readjust the bracket or would it just be they both can advance and if they want to play their own game great so be it um you know it'll be interesting to see how active the WIAA is in doing those replacement games and then i you know obviously we get to the next week the the level two the culminating uh event uh where we'll have you know, in, in some of those brackets, we'll have a number one seed versus a number two seed. And I hope those are really good games. But again, we've got to get there. So just trying to walk through some things a little bit and, and get to uh, some additional information and context, again, of how all this is going to work this week. By the way, eight-player playoffs. I haven't talked about those yet, but 
uh, a little bit more, uh, you know, up in the air there because with the teams that are not eligible for the playoffs because their three-year enrollment average is over 200 and uh, a couple teams that uh, have moved to the spring and then some additional teams that have opted out of the postseason down to 19 spots in eight-player football for 16 playoff positions. So there is going to be a little bit of intrigue as far as we know, unless some other teams opt out in the meantime, in terms of what will happen in eight-player football. They'll have to uh, apply the criteria, go through the process. You know, it, it, I, I think it'll be pretty easy. Um, you know, there's some really good teams at the top and, and the, you know, the weaker teams that, that are, you know, maybe only have one win this year know that they're, you know, good, good chance that they will not be included. Um, but also some, you know, some unfortunate news too, in terms of teams that have opted out, Newman Catholic had to opt out. They were the top ranked team this year. They had to cancel this week and, and opt out of the playoffs. Uh, really would have been, uh, you know, loving seeing uh, a matchup uh, again between potentially a Newman and a in a luck if it could work out or, or whatever it might be. Uh, but, but they'll have to opt out. Prairie farm is opting out. They had uh, beat luck a couple weeks ago. So unfortunately we're not going to have, you know, as many of those marquee teams in, but uh, again, we'll have a little bit more intrigue in eight player in terms of uh, probably having to apply the criteria. Speaking of eight player, by the way, what a game uh, this week, a couple of games, and, and it would have been even better if we had not lost the uh, Newman Catholic game. They were supposed to uh, supposed to play Gilman. Uh, Newman Catholic was uh, was number one. Gilman was three, I think, in the in the rankings. So that would have been an incredible game. But Gilman did pick up a game Thursday against McDonald Central. That's a good one. McDonald Central is uh, is in the rankings, so we get that one. And on Friday night. How about Luck and Belmont meeting up? They're gonna they're gonna meet up at the Woodside Sports Complex in Boston. Luck, the defending state champion, they were what fourth or fifth this week in the rankings after they had lost a couple weeks ago to Prairie Farm. Belmont's undefeated, ranked number two, I believe it is now. So that's a that's a fun one, and and, and one that was added to the schedule, I think back in in September or or maybe early October. So that, uh, that'll be a really good one there. Don't have a lot of eight-player games on the schedule this week. Uh, obviously, some teams that have had to cancel. Um, and just, I, I think, you know, this was not a, a week that would have been a regular part of their rotation, obviously. So some teams that, uh, that, that just weren't able to, to find a game for this week. But we do have a couple pretty good ones. So that's going to be what things look like Friday night. Um, again, we're not going to be... You know, doing all the breakdowns and figuring out the playoff field, we'll just be kind of more disseminating information once it comes in, in terms of uh, you know how the WIAA decides to do the 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 divisional placements. Um, a little bit of of uh, uncertainty there that could cause the you know the the divisions to shift slightly, uh, and then we'll be disseminating information when they release the uh, the actual groupings, the eight-team groupings, and the four-team pods, and the uh, the actual auto-seeding results, and, and then the matchups. Um, but again, you can you can find all the information on our site. You can find the scores as they come in on our site. You know, there's still some things to be decided this week, still some conference races that are 
uh, being held in, in some big games, including our game of the week, Rhinelander and Medford. How about how about that one? I mean, who would have thought that game would carry this much uh, weight? You know, at, at this point, I, I believe we did have Medford Rhinelander as our game of the week, middle of the year last year, but it really wasn't much of a game. Medford controlled it throughout. Rhinelander faded after that. They finished third in the conference. Uh, did qualify for the playoffs for just the third time in school history, uh, but did not uh, did not win a playoff game. They still have not won a playoff game in school history. But here they are, the second-ranked team are the Hodags in Division Three. Medford last week, uh, I, it kind of flew under the radar. I didn't even realize it until uh, a, a few days after the game. Rice Lake beat Medford last week. Medford had been the second-ranked team in D3, but they went down to Rice Lake and, and dropped a little bit. But... Medford still undefeated in the Great Northern Conference, so this is for an outright Great Northern Conference title. And Rhinelander is going for their first conference title since 1989. So this is a big deal for the folks there in Rhinelander. They're hosting that game. You know, things headed in the right direction for the Hodags. They've got uh, a beautiful field there. They've got a new facility, a sports complex, including a, uh, a dome or a, a bubble. Uh, for some indoor activities, they're not playing football games in there, but you know there's there's room in there to practice. There's room in there for baseball and softball to practice during the early schedules that they have. Um, I wonder, I wonder if there's any teams that are going in the spring, football teams that are up in that area that might try to try to hit up Rylander for a couple practices early on. I I'd have to go back through the list and see if there's any in their area, but uh, you know. Maybe they'll give them a call and see if they can get in there. Uh, but yeah, big, big deal in Rhinelander as they have the game of the week this week with uh, with Medford. Another big game this week that got added you know, pretty late is that, uh, that matchup between Hudson and Muskego. Originally, they had penciled in Mar- uh, Marshfield High School as the, the, the place for that game, but instead it's going to be at Sauk Prairie High School at 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. I'll be there. Sauk Prairie is only about a half hour from my house here in Reedsburg and looking forward to taking that one in. I've seen Muskego play, obviously, a couple of times at the state finals and saw him earlier this year uh, in a regular season game. But I've never seen Hudson and, and looking forward to that opportunity to see Coach Cowell's team and you know what they can do against that, uh, that powerful Muskego uh, program. Not sure where I'm going to go after that for a, for a nightcap. I, I, I don't know yet. I don't know what my plans are, but... Uh, Either way, I will be uh, at Muskego, excuse me, at Sauk Prairie for that Muskego-Hudson game, 2 o'clock, and then uh, figuring things out from there. So a lot on the line still, a lot, you know, still coming out this week. You're going to want to stay tuned to Wisports.net Friday night. It's going to be, you know, information that you're going to want to get, you're going to want to stay up for. It's not going to have the same level of intrigue. It's not going to have the same level of controversy or hype. I get it. It's not the same as a regular year, but there's still a lot of information you're going to want to find. So stay tuned to Wisports.net. Check out these projections that we did. Check out how the, the playoff process is going to work. You know, See what uh, conference races are still in the balance. And let's, uh, let's have a good final week of the regular season. And uh, we'll join in on, on social media. We will not, by the way, we will not be doing our Facebook Live event on Friday night since there's not really the... Uh, you know, the, the breakdowns to do, but, uh, you know, still providing updates on social media throughout the night. You can, you know, make sure you're the games that you're at, that you're, uh, providing updates on use the WIS FB hashtag, include the time and score, uh, 
include the the quarter if it's a final make sure you put in final include the team names uh you know not just the the hashtag and not just the nickname if you say eagles beat the cardinals that could be a lot of different things so it's it's helpful for those of us kind of monitoring things if you can uh if you can you know identify the high schools so it's going to be a fun night different but we're going to have fun with it because you know what uh, we need to have some fun, and we need to have some things to look forward to, and it's great to have high school football going, continuing to be going, and uh, you know we'll, we'll have some excitement this week with everything going on. This has been a WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.